This episode of Your Catholic Life is brought to you by Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners with Christ, iowacatholicradio.com, and everywhere you are on the free Iowa Catholic Radio app. Welcome in, everyone, to Your Catholic Life, a podcast for Catholics by Catholics, helping you grow in your faith. I'm John Leonetti, your host. Focus. No, really. Fellowship of Catholic University Students, an organization bringing thousands of people each year to come to know Jesus Christ and his church. But how did it start, and where does it go from here? My guest today sat down with me the entire hour of my morning show the other day. We cut it up for this podcast And it's good. Here he is, founder of Focus, Curtis Martin. Let's get after it today. Curtis Martin, founder of Focus, Fellowship of Catholic University students in studio with us. It's a treat, Curtis. John, great to be with you. It's good to be with you, man. All right, so take me back. All right, take me all the way back to when you're you're sitting there thinking we need to do something on college campuses. How did this whole thing form? Because now, I mean, we're going to get to where it is now, but how did the, the what was the first step? You know, John, I was raised in the 60s and 70s, so I'm a very old man. And uh <laughs> like a lot of people my age, I was a prodigal as a teenager and drifted away from my Catholic faith, went to college and encountered Christ as an adult. But the folks that helped to bring that about were evangelical Protestants. And so I was with Christ, but away from the church, away from the sacraments for about four years. And you were Catholic first. I had been Catholic, and then I was not practicing my faith for a number of years. And so I'm, I'm, I'm watching Christ do amazing things, but I'm away from the church. Mm. And just before my senior year, I started to begin to drift back. I started. To, I discovered the fathers of the church, and all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, wait a second, these guys are Catholic. Those pesky fathers, I know, man, they I know. do it. And so I, I, I'm praying and studying my way back into the church, and as I came back to church, I realized, oh my goodness, there's the pattern that had hit me of being raised Catholic and drifting away was happening to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of young people. Mm-hmm. And the Catholic Church was there. There's a Catholic Church within walking distance of every university in America, but no one was walking from the church onto campus, and nobody's walking from the campus into the church. Uh-huh. So but there were other groups, Campus Crusade for Christ, Navigators, InterVarsity, that were do, that are doing outreach as evangelicals. And guess what? A lot of people were becoming evangelicals. Did someone evangelize you in the Catholic Church afterwards? I mean, because a lot of people don't come back. You know, once they get evangelized, they think, well, I found Christ here. Uh, you know, my former life's gone. I was evangelized by Catholics who had been with the Lord for hundreds of years. So the fathers of the church, the great saints. <laughs> you just picked them up. And I didn't get... know anybody alive. Wow. You know, I, I, I knew that St. John Paul was there and Mother Teresa were there, but I wasn't going to hang out with them. Sure. And so uh, there was some sightings, but my experience was I read the saints and said, that's what I want. And I looked around and said, I don't see a lot of that. And it's, but the call was, I, when I, I remember when I first was being called by God to come back to the Catholic Church, I felt like a salmon with that first sense of, I should leave the ocean and swim back up this river. It was just a crazy thought. And it was pretty much all alone. I went to started going to daily Mass. I wasn't back yet, so I wasn't receiving the Eucharist, but I was going to daily Mass, and it was me and, and 25, 95-year-olds. Wow. And, uh, and so and it was just amazing, and we got to be friends. And, and then God kind of kicked it off, and we said, when I came back, I was like, oh, my goodness, we should do something as Catholics. And focus kind of flowed from that experience. So you, you, you're sitting there at Mass, you're thinking, I've got to do something to be able to help this out. Um, did it start with college camp? Was that the idea? Or did you want to go into parishes? I mean, sometimes things like this start different, and then all of a sudden, 
you know, the Lord does something uh, else. Yeah, the desire was always to get to campus. I just didn't know how to do it. So okay. what I did is I started a young adult Bible study in Southern California, mm-hmm. actually in Ventura, my hometown, which was hit by fires this week. So mm-hmm. pray for uh, my family and friends. But uh, we had about 100 young adults who were coming every week to a Bible study every Friday night. And we're just sharing what was going on. And people were experiencing conversion. And it was awesome. And a friend of mine's mother saw, came by one night and said, How's this happening? How do you get 100 people to come to a Bible study? I said, the Bible's that powerful. Wow. She said, could you do this other place? I said, anybody who has a living faith and a little bit of training could lead a dynamic Bible study. Did you use a program? No, I just was reading. I I was doing Lectio Divina. I didn't know the term at the time. But every day I'm reading for a half hour the scriptures. In the middle of the week, I'd read a couple commentaries. And then we just start a conversation. But when you engage Jesus Christ in the Gospels, you realize that's the most compelling figure in all of history. Hmm. And you start to invite young people. What do you think he's asking you to do? And all of a sudden... People start sweating. They're like, oh, my yeah, goodness, oh, yeah. what's going on? The excitement level goes up. And, and that's what we've been doing for now. Gosh, it's been 30 years, uh, 20 years within focus. But uh, Do you remember the first campus? First campus was Benedictine College. Really? Yeah. In fact, we're coming up on 20 years uh, in just a couple months. Dr. Ted Sree and I uh, led a small retreat for 20 students in Atchison, Kansas, and invited them into Christ-like leadership, and most of them said yes, and that was the beginning of Focus 20 years ago. I feel like ago. you guys have been around so much longer than 20 years, I guess, because, I mean, you, you've grown so fast. Well, you're looking at me and saying, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, okay. But 20 years, though. I mean, 20 years, you've been, you've been kind of growing this thing. You started with one. You have how many now? We started with one campus, uh, two part-time issues. Now we've got 138 full-time campuses across the United States, in now to Europe, over 600, almost 700 full-time missionaries. And it's just been, and there's almost a thousand full-time missionaries who serve their time and are now out living great Catholic lives. So it's this snowball that every year rolls and gets bigger and it's been powerful. We're uh, really seeing God do what we call spiritual multiplication. As people come alive in Christ, they not only are able to live life as a Christian, as a disciple, they become so on fire with Christ, they're able to set other people on fire. Father Nick Blaha, absolutely. Uh, he was a, uh, a, a focused missionary, lived across the hall from me uh, at seminary. So when I was discerning out of seminary, that guy was in my room probably about you know 30 minutes a day trying to convince me to go into focus. I really thought about it for a long time, but you get a lot of, you know, that's kind of the backwards way, but you get a lot of guys that go into the priesthood, got a lot of uh, ladies that go into the religious life because of focus. It's been really amazing. And it's really not, you know, we're, we're cry- calling people to Christ, and Christ is calling them into the seminary or the convent. But it really has been over 100 women, almost 150 women have entered the convent in the last 19 years. And over 500 men have entered the seminary. That's amazing. And, and folks like Father men. Nick have gone through and now are ordained. So we've got well over 100 guys that have been ordained. 40% of the guys that have gone in the seminary, the 500-plus guys, have gone in the last four years. So all those guys are still seminarians. What are you doing? Uh, saying our prayers and, <laughs> co- and loving people. You what know? is the secret here, man? I mean, that's incredible. 500 men going into the seminary, 150 women going into religious life. You, you have a quote. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease that. I want to. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, because I want to get more time after this break, folks. If you haven't heard of Focus, 
Uh, you're going to hear of it now. FOCUS is Fellowship of Catholic University Students. It's the acronym for it. Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Uh, you, you're hearing from the founder himself, Curtis Martin, on the show today, really talking about it and what it's doing and how it's changing college campuses all across the country. Sometimes I get ahead of myself because I feel like everyone knows about it, and I know not everyone does yet. There's still a lot of work to be done to be able to get this into college campuses and into the hearts and minds of so many of you, our listeners, right now. And guess what? They need your help. We're going to be making that plea for it uh, coming up in a little bit, too. I think, and, and I, I don't say this often, you know this, friends, I, I think it's one of the most effective, probably top three effective evangelization uh, tools or efforts in, in America today. And, you know, the numbers just kind of speak for themselves. But it's not just about the numbers, it's about the conversions and what you guys are doing on college campuses, Curtis. I mean, you go in there, you send some missionaries. And first of all, they are missionaries, right? Absolutely. Full-time missionaries. They're college graduates, but they have been trained by us, and that's all they're doing. They're going out to praying, they're living the sacramental life, and then they are just loving on college students. So what would you say is a missionary? I mean, really kind of at its heart. And it's just, this was your, this was your uh, vision from the beginning. I mean, a missionary is somebody who has embraced the mission of Christ. And so we have recognized that there really is kind of two steps, if you will, for anybody to be able to embrace the salvation that Christ offers, mm-hmm. to recognize that God has created you to be amazing. The church uses the term saint for that. Every single person to be a saint. You were made to be amazing, and you're not. There's a gap between who you are and who you're supposed to be, and Jesus is all about closing that gap. And so he came, he died for you so that you could have new life, but not just new life, new supernatural life that would allow you to live in a radically different way. And to be able to receive that grace, his salvation, is the first step in the Christian life. But as you embrace his salvation, he's going to call you deeper and say, well, you embrace not just my salvation, but my mission. Mm -hmm. And when you embrace that mission, you're then sent to go out and share that good news and that way of living with others. And so these missionaries are recent college graduates And they've been trained, and they're in teams, and they're going out onto college campuses. And as we said earlier, they're bridging that gap. They're going from the center where where the mass is being offered and and adoration is taking place, and they're going out on campus, and they're engaging college students where they live, uh, playing sports with them, sharing meals with them, and then inviting them into the Christian life and back into the Catholic Church. And it's just we recognize that Catholicism works. When we lose on college campuses, it's almost always by forfeit. We just didn't show up. But when we show up, uh, it's amazing. Young people are as engaged in wanting to hear the news about Jesus Christ more than any other time because the culture around them is falling apart. Yeah. Is there any more prime territory today, missionary territory, than a college campus? I, I can't think of any. I think it's Here not only America. prime, it's leveraged. You know, you're just talking about reaching people that are ready to do something. Everybody wants to hear the message, hey, you were meant to be great. Sure. And to be able to hear that at the beginning of your adult life, when you could turn on a dime and say, you know what, I'll follow you. Is an amazing time. And then they can do it for the rest of their lives. Let's say you could evangelize second graders, but it'll take a while before one of them is going to become a priest. Right. And you could evangelize in convalescent hospitals, but they're not going to be with us much longer. You catch a college student, you're going to get them at the beginning of their adult life. They can start serving right away, and they can serve for decades. Uh, and so it's an amazing time to be with people. And we're just seeing young people respond first around all around the country and now all around the world, even in Europe. But you do it in kind of a... Uh, an intimate, personal way. You know, this is what I love about it so much. You know, in, in some ways, it's kind of like radio. It's very intimate. It's very personal. Uh, you you have, you know, three or four, and sometimes, you know, more and sometimes less, missionaries that are on a college campus, but they're going out, and they're not, you know, they're not just standing on the college campus screaming at people to come follow them with big, you know, herds and numbers. They're just going inviting one person or another person into a Bible study, and that's that's really where they're working. 
we are trying to live what we think we call it's the method modeled by the master. If you look at what Jesus did, it's counterintuitive at first set. He's the savior of the world, not just all of the world, as if that weren't enough, but all of the world throughout all of time. And we run into a difficulty in salvation history very, very early. For me, it's page three of my Bible, Genesis chapter three. And, and there's a thousand pages of scripture where he doesn't come. Yes, he sends prophets and, and, and messengers, but uh, he waits for many, many generations to come. And then when he shows up, he's in no particular hurry. Hmm. He's 30 years old, living at home. And you think, oh my goodness, what are you doing? And then when he finally does step out, he doesn't radically change his, his method. He's been loving Mary and Joseph deeply and very, very personally. And when he steps out, he finds 12 guys and he goes camping for three years. But he invests deeply in those men so that they become not only faithful, they also become fruitful. And from that, the church is birthed. And so we do the same thing. We want to love a handful of people very, very deeply with the love of Christ and invite them to not just be faithful, but to be fruitful. And by doing that, you ignite a fire. Do you get uh, pushback on college campuses? All the time. Do you? Oh, absolutely. And you're going to get pushback administration, no matter what Administration, people, you know, teachers or, or professors, people that kind of go against you guys? We have administration and professors who love us, and yeah. we have those sure. who hate us. And so it's the reality. We are at the tip of the cultural battle on university, so there's a lot of opposition. But the fact of the matter is we have to recognize a, a very fundamental truth. This is not a, an equal battle. This is a battle between light and darkness. And when light shows up, darkness just goes away. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we just need to show up, be prayed up, uh, to be really living the life of faith and the life of virtue. And, and if we do that, then joy beats misery every time. How do you keep the candle lit for, uh, for these focused missionaries? Because it can be hard. When you're going in there, you know, three or four of them going on a college campus, I mean, a sheep among wolves at times. It's brutally difficult. Yeah. But here's the great news. You know, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And so our, our missionaries have been trained. They're there as a team. So they're they're keeping one another accountable. But they're this is the great thing about being Catholic. So they're getting to Mass every day. They're praying a holy hour every day. So they are with Christ. We always say, spend time talking to God about college students mm. before you spend time talking to college students about God. And so it really is that key of who are you? We always tell our, our staff members as we hire them, if you will stay cl close to Christ, our training is really completely secondary. You alive in Christ, we win. Now we can train you and that's helpful, but really you alive in Christ is the key to everything. It's the number one reason why I, I support Focus Missionaries is because of the Holy Hour. Uh, there's a lot of incredible uh, organizations out there. There's a lot of great evangelization, um, uh, nonprofits, and, and people that are asking for support. Curtis, I, I just I got to be honest. That's the number one reason. It's you, you you require them to give a to make a holy hour time in front of the Lord in adoration every single day, and that that did something to me. It said I this is this is real. This is something I've got to get behind. It, at least personally. No, we prayed. I mean, from the very beginning, we prayed every day, and we were close to the sacraments every day. But about the third year, we realized we need to make a holy hour every single day. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. You can get to a campus around the country where focused missionaries are, and they'll have their holy hour typically in the morning. And what, what you'll see is frequently our, our priests will join us. And then after time, students join. So you can walk into a major state university at eight o'clock in the morning, and you're going to find some priests and some focused missionaries and dozens of college students uh, praying around the, the Blessed Sacrament. It's amazing. Cool. And the missionaries and priests are there every day. The, the students may come every Tuesday, another one every Wednesday. So there's hundreds of students cycling through, spending any time in prayer, and that's not where most university students no, are living. No, that's not. And and you know, the, what do they say? You know, I mean, there, there's the fruit. 
Right. The fruit's a powerful, powerful thing. I mean, Jesus says, by this my Father's glorified, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciple in John 15, verse 8. And we really believe that that's key. You know that a tree is healthy when it bears fruit. Mm -hmm. And Christians are invited to bear fruit. First, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, but also the fruitfulness of evangelization. Is your life being lived in such a way that other people say, I want to follow you as you follow Christ? He's Catholic, man. Curtis, you're Catholic. You're all in, dude. So there you have it, friends. You know, Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa would often instruct people in their efforts for the kingdom by saying, give God permission. Look at what our Lord can do if we just give God permission, if we get out of the way like Curtis is continuing to do and to let God work. Inspiring. Thanks to Curtis Martin, my guest today. Friends, make sure to share this and other episodes of Your Catholic Life on Facebook and Twitter, inviting your friends to take part in the show. Visit our website, yourcatholiclifepodcast.com as well. I'm John Leonetti, signing off here on Your Catholic Life. Remember, the only way to happiness is by holiness. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today.